thanks for joining with me. It is such a blessing to join you this Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom. I'm uh, filming uh, tonight from uh, Glasgow in the UK and Scotland. And uh, such a blessing to be at day 49 in the canton of the Omar. You know, as you can see uh, uh, from the background there, you see out the window there, it's still light here in Scotland. It doesn't get dark till about 9.30 at night. And uh, that's excellent. You know, some, sometimes in the middle of the summer, you can actually read your newspaper at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. It's so light outside. Yeah, but uh, what a blessing. What a blessing of the Count of the Omar. It's the Feast of Chiefs, isn't it? It's uh, the Feast of Weeks, seven weeks from first fruits. You know, you can't separate what's gone on in Passover. You can't separate what's gone on with unleavened bread. Everything is all connected. And these 50 days between the beginning of the, uh, of, from first fruits and, and obviously before, up to tomorrow, it is all bound together. There's a powerful message that is being spoken. And uh, I just want to just flow by the Ruach HaKodesh, flow by the Spirit of what He has given me tonight. I've spent a lot of time fasting and praying through the count of the Omar, really pressing in, and I encourage you to do the same. Listen, I don't want to be the same as what I was this time last year. I want to go from glory to glory. I want to see a greater increase in the anointing of the Spirit within my life. I want to see increase in fruit. Thank you, Father, for pruning us. And, you know, right where you're watching, just think about that for a second. Can you say thank you, Father, for pruning you? Maybe you've gone through a lot of pain and difficulty in this last season, but we've got to rejoice because those who the Father loves, he disciplines them. Uh, those who are bearing fruit, he has to prune them so they will bear more fruit in the next season. And, you know, many times over the years, I've taught about the importance of in between the feasts. These are the powerful times of the outpouring of the Spirit. There's times when we need to be set aside in the presence of, of, of Yehovah and press in and receive from him. And then there's times when we have to take our orders Take up your execution stake and follow him and make a difference for the king of kings. So we're just going to look at a few scriptures and just think through a few things of Shavuot because I tell you, I am pumped about Shavuot. Shavuot is definitely, well, look, all the feasts are my favorite, but Shavuot is such a declaration because we're talking about the deliverance of all mankind and we're talking about receiving the tools to be effective for the kingdom. So it's not just a, a, a feast or a time just to overlook. As we read in Leviticus chapter 23, it says how important this feed, feast is and we, it should be a holy conv conv <laughs> convocation set aside unto the Lord. And, you know, it should be something that is full of joy. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about on this trip to Scotland uh, number one, we're going to do outreach. We're going to travel to different parts of the country. Uh, I just uh, spoke to uh, Catherine as well in England, and she's got a group down there, some people who are excited about evangelism. So we're going to go to that area, do evangelism. But also the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go to the places of your roots. I want you to go back to the places of your roots here in Scotland where 
the Holy Spirit that I work in my life because I believe he's going to bear fruit in those areas. And tomorrow I'll be in Buckhaven in Fife tomorrow. And, uh, you know, that was the time of my biggest rebellion in my youth at nine years old. Uh, I was having people arrested. I was running away from home. I was a Scottish version of Huckleberry Finn, doing a lot of evil things. But in the midst of it, through my father's ministry, he was having an incredible outpouring of revival where literally hundreds of young people were being supernaturally transformed. He had his own theater productions uh, that he put on. In fact, the Holy Spirit was moving so powerfully, they had to build an extension even bigger than the, the fellowship just to accommodate all of the youth and everything that was taking place. It is time for an outpouring of the Spirit. It's time to understand the importance of Shavuot. Now, I'm going to teach tomorrow on the Zoom call a little bit more on uh, Shavuot. But what I want to say to you right now, if you're tuning in, doesn't matter what platform you're on, social media that you are watching on, I just want to encourage you, just take a moment, share this, send this message to other people, uh, let people know to connect to this message. Even afterwards, uh, you can forward this message as well. It will also be available on podcast. But I want to open with Ezekiel chapter 36. What a powerful verse in verse 26. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now, Shavuot, Pentecost, takes us all the way back to Mount Sinai. And, uh, you know, right back there in Mount Sinai, we do see uh, the importance of the third month. And we see that in Exodus chapter 16. We'll turn there in a second. And we know that Shavuot is on the third month. So we have Passover. The children of Israel gather all the plunder from the land of Egypt from their years of slavery. Let me tell you something. When you get saved, when you're born again, when you're released from slavery, there's an inheritance that belongs to you. There's a blessing that belongs to you. And the enemy has to pay for that blessing. He has to pay for all of the years that he has stolen from your life. Those years that the uh, the canker worms stolen, you know, they're going to come back to you. The father said, I'm going to bless you. Why? Because you are my child. You are being released from slavery. And as we look at Passover and coming out of Egypt, it's the whole message of the gospel of salvation. <clears throat> now, what we do see uh, in the life of Yeshua, Jesus, he didn't come and preach, just say this prayer after me. I'm going to have to drink a little bit because I had some nice salmon tonight. Just broke my fast, so that was a blessing. So it's kind of uh, sticking with me at the moment. But he didn't, he didn't bring this message of just say this prayer. In fact, every time Yeshua did something, what did he do? He did incredible signs and wonders and miracles. Then he turned and walked away. Why? Because if you are not in pursuit of him, then your heart is not after him. And what the Father wants is a people whose heart is after him. I've worked in many environments over the years where we've seen literally thousands, if not tens of thousands of people make a decision for Yeshua. And out of those uh, tens of thousands, 
that have made decisions, how many of them truly followed through? Very few of them truly followed through. But in the way we do evangelism, in the way we share our faith, we see incredible fruit because we're not um, haggling people or trying to uh, run them over with the gospel. What we do is do prayer tents and we pray and we claim the land and we say, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. And in doing that, we allow the Spirit to move. And as the Spirit starts to move, what happens is the people come and they receive. And, and that's one of the most powerful ways on how we see transformation. And that's how we see so many baptisms, immersions. That's how we see so many lives that are changed. And those lives that are going to be changed, they're going to last because they weren't manipulated into saying a prayer. The prayer has to come from their own heart. It has to be from them. So Ezekiel 36 is very important because it leads into Ezekiel 37, which is the testimony of the valley of the dry bones. It's talking about the impossibilities of the breakthrough. The breakthrough of the plan of God is impossible in the natural. But nothing is impossible with our Elohim. Nothing is impossible. So just think about the things you're going through and what you're facing and recognize nothing is impossible to my God. In Shavuot, like I shared over the last couple of weeks, one of the most important things we've got to get hold of, of Shavuot, it's the answer. It's the trumpet blast. It's the sound. It's the voice. It's the spoken word that comes forth. And when the word and the trumpet call of Messiah comes forth, it will not return void. It will, uh, uh, it will accomplish that for which it has been sent. So this is a time, a feast, where we say, Father, I stand upon the promise. This is the day of healing. This is the day of supernatural deliverance. This is the day of transformation by the Spirit. Father, you spoke this word into my life, and I believe this is the season that you're going to open up the doors, and we're going to see the fruit of the Spirit manifest within our lives. It's the day when we say, you know what, devil, time's up. You're finished. I break your assignments. I come against everything that you have had against me, everything you've had against my family, everything you've had against my ministry. Time's up, devil, because Yehovah is taking over. And I want you to have that militant spirit because in Ezekiel 37, those dry bones, what rises up from that place, not just people who receive the breath of the Spirit, the outpouring of the Spirit, as we see in Acts chapter 2, but what do we see rising up? We see an army rising up with a purpose, and that is to bring forth the kingdom of Elohim for this time. So what is the gospel that Yeshua taught? It was the gospel of the kingdom. So many people today, they're going to wake up tomorrow and be part of their Christian Sunday church. And you know what they're going to hear? They're going to hear that this is the day, Pentecost, of the birthing of the church. Well, there's two things wrong with that. Number one, there's no scripture that backs that up. And number two, there's no such thing in your Bible called the church. The word for church is ecclesia, and every theologian knows the ecclesia doesn't translate to the word church. You can make it say anything you want, if you want, but I'm not following Constantinian Christianity. 
and following the scripture. It's the word ecclesia. So when you go back to first mentions of the word ecclesia, it paints a far different picture than if you go back to first mentions of the word church in the Roman Catholic Bible under Constantine. That will take you back to Peter upon this rock. I will build my church. But it's not church. It's kehala. It's assembly. It takes us all the way back to Mount Sinai. So Pentecost Shavuot is all about the importance of Mount Sinai. And what I love about that is we see these shadow pictures. And, you know, of course, everything is about Yeshua. It's all about Yeshua and what Yeshua is doing. But, you know, we can go back even further. You know, goodness me, if we want to go all the way back to Adam, we can. But you go back to the promise given to Abraham. This is what he said, four generations. They'll, they'll be put into slavery. You know, I'm going to bring a blessing. I'm going to bring them out of slavery. And this is when the promise will come. So where does the promise take place? It doesn't take place during the Passover meal. It doesn't take place through the Red Sea. And these things are incredible. It doesn't take place with the pillar of cloud, uh, a pillar of fire uh, and uh, the pillar of cloud. So what? where does the promise take place? It takes place right back at that place where Moses saw the burning bush. And when he saw that burning bush, he received his orders. And he said, it's time for you to go and say, let my people go. And let me tell you, it's so important that we understand there's many people who are born again, spirit-filled, trying to walk out their salvation. But we've had so much milk of the word. We're not being taught the truth of what the Bible says. Why? Because tradition is more powerful than truth. Now, I'm sorry to say that, but it's just a reality. People are more connected with tradition. People are more, um, they're, they're more pressured with the pressure of following the traditions of man and following other people over following the scripture. But as for me and my house, we will follow Yahovah. We will obey his commands, walk in his ways. And we've got to recognize what does the word say and if the word says something and everyone else is doing something different, I don't care if you're lonely out there. You will not be lonely forever. There is going to be a turnaround by the spirit and you're going to see transformation if we will apply ourselves to what the father has called us to do. So in these 49 days from first fruits, the counting of the Omar, the counting of the sheaf offering, don't forget those two breads. Uh, that show up. And isn't it interesting that we go from unleavened bread to two wheat loaves? Isn't that powerful? And, you know, again, it's another time of first fruits. So we see the first fruits that happens uh, 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 during Passover. Then we see the first fruits here uh, that take place at this offering. Then we also see in Shavuot a time of first fruits. We see the fruits and the rejoicing that comes forth. So after 49 days, we can rejoice at the harvest that's coming in. And, you know, what does the bread represent? You know, it takes us back to the manna. It takes us back to the importance of the word of Elohim. What did Yeshua say? You know, you're excited because you ate bread from heaven. But, you know, you're missing the whole picture. If you can't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you're not worthy to be part of me. And, you know, what's he saying? 
you need the word of Elohim. We need the word established. And we've got to realize that we can have, uh, you know, the royal goose of information, as I like to call it. In Hungary, they just stuff those grains into the goose so they get that perfect, uh, luxurious liver that's just pure and perfect that they serve in all the top restaurants. Uh, some parts of the world make it illegal because of the cruelty that takes place in producing uh, those livers. And, you know, the goose blows up. The goose eats until it dies, and then they rip the liver out, and that's all they want. And that's what they serve as a delegacy. Well, there's many people who wake up to the truth of the word, and they're delving in, and they're pressing in and pressing in, and, you know, they become no good, and they end up blowing up because all they've done is sought information rather than taking it easy step by step and receiving the walk of the Spirit, the truth of the Spirit, the revelation of the Spirit. So this is an important time, and I want you to realize that this is the time of the outpouring of the Spirit. What did John the Baptist says, you know, I baptize with war, but one's coming after me. He will baptize you with the Ruach HaKodesh and with fire. And, you know, even though Yeshua, what did he do? He blew on the disciples. He breathed the Spirit into them before he was taken up. But still, that wasn't the mikvah of the Spirit that happened in Acts 2, the day of Pentecost. That wasn't, or Acts 1, that wasn't that place uh, where the, the filling, the promise being fulfilled of the Spirit took place. So you can receive the Spirit in salvation, but we've got to move to another level. And what's that level we need to move to? And that is to move to that place of the guidance of the Spirit. And I want to ask you today, have you spent the last 49, 50 days in a place of seeking His face to say, Father, is there stuff you need to deal with in my life? Can you move it out of my life? What do you need to speak to me through the word? How do I need to apply myself for the purpose of your kingdom? How do I become that ambassador of righteousness? And one thing the Father is speaking to me about right now, he's saying, I am commissioning you today because some of you have forgot the authority and the power of the blood of Yeshua. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And, you know, oh yeah, I've got a testimony. Well, you know, what is the importance of the blood of the Lamb? What does the blood of the Lamb do? It is the seal. It is the demonstration order that covers us before the Father, also protects us against the enemy, and it makes your testimony even more powerful. You can stand up and say, well, you know, I just want to give my testimony. But if you're not walking under the cover of the blood of the Lamb, maybe you've stepped out of the way of what the Father has for you. And the Father's saying, these 49 days, ready for Pentecost, Shavuot, tomorrow, these are the preparation days. Purge yourself by the Spirit. Oh, boy. You know, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just living under grace. I'm just getting through. No, listen, we've got to realize that we need the authority of the Spirit. You can't live this life on your own. So I'm not telling you to become works-focused, but I'm telling you to yield 
to the Spirit. And I'm going to say one of my favorite scriptures again, and it never goes tired, never gets old. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of Elohim's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Elohim. This is your true and proper worship. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Some of you are so bound to the slavery of this world. If the Holy Spirit called you to do something, you couldn't move. You couldn't function. You'd be like, thanks, Father, for showing up. That's a great idea. We'd love to do it. But you just don't know what I'm going through right now. You don't know what I'm facing right now. That's not how we're called to live. You've got to live your life in such a way that you have space to allow the Spirit to move. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Elohim. That's your true worship. So if you can't even get off the first base, then you've got some work to do. And I pray in this season that you address that. Listen, if you're not hearing from heaven, if you're not receiving words from the Spirit, if he's not speaking to you, you need to stop your life because everything you're doing is taking you to a path of destruction. You're not building for the kingdom. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you're born again, born of the Spirit. But, you know, uh, you know when, you get, when you get there, you know, before the Father, you know, he's going to say, you know, well done. But, you know, all these things you were called to do, you didn't do any of them. So you'll just be least in the kingdom. You workers of enomia, you with lawlessness. So it says in verse 2, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed with the renewing of your mind. And that's what we're doing right here. I don't know if you're recognizing that, but that's what we're doing. We're speaking forth the word, and I believe as the word is going out, it's ministering to you. It's, it's a charge. There's something that's happening in the Spirit. There's a charge that's going forth of the Spirit. The anointing of the Spirit breaks the yokes. The Word of God is so powerful, it's transforming. And I pray the Word of God is breaking through within your life. So how do I know that Shavuot is the event that happened at Mount Sinai? Because it is the leading up to the marriage ceremony that takes place in Exodus chapter 19 and 20. But in Exodus chapter 16, it says the whole Israelites community, what did they do? You know, between coming out, going through the Red Sea, you know, they, they, uh, the community set out from Elam and they came to the desert of Sai, Sine, uh, some sin is spelled, you know, it's, it said Sai, uh, which is between Elam, Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, after that, they had come out of Egypt uh, to the desert, and the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died, uh, you know, by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate food uh, that we wanted. But you have brought us out here into the desert to starve this entire assembly <clears throat> to death. So, what do we see taking place here? We see that the Israelites are complaining. What are they doing? They're comparing where they're at in their current situation to what they had before in slavery. And isn't it amazing how that place of slavery looks so much better than where they were? 
They're on a journey. And that's what I want you to picture today. In the midst of the pain, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the difficulties that you might be facing, whatever you are fighting through, hear the word of the Lord. You are on a journey and you're coming through. It's not all over. The Father's going to bring you through. You're going to witness the transforming power of the Spirit. So what was the Father's response? Then verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. Everything that goes on within our lives is a test to determine if we're following the instructions of the Lord. Can you believe him for your daily bread? You know, uh, we have lived by faith for 30 plus years. I've stepped out to go do stuff many times and uh, I don't have the end from the beginning. I'm starting this mission here in Scotland. I don't have the end from the beginning. But you know what? Uh, in the next couple of days, a car's coming in. I've got tents. I've got uh, um, uh, amplification. Uh, hallelujah for the donations that came in yesterday. Now I've got signs that are on order that will be here by Thursday next week. There's still more things that we need. So if you want to sow into changing lives and, uh, you know, the gospel of the kingdom, then good time to give is, you know, the end of Shabbat. Just uh, give your offering, your first fruit offering for uh, your, your offering for Shavuot as well. And, you know, just think about what you're going to give and say, you know, these finances are going to supernaturally change lives. They're going to bring salvation in the UK. The UK needs an outpouring of the Spirit. And we need to be those who go with the true message of the gospel of the kingdom. So what does he do? He gives them this substance that falls out the sky, right? On the sixth day, they are to prepare um, what they are bringing in. And they are to have twice as much that they gather the other day. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening, you'll know that... Uh, um, it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. No, sorry, where is that the last words there? Yeah, the Israelites. In the evening, you will know that it is Yahovah who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of Yahovah because he has heard your grumbling against him. Now, what does it say? He says, you will receive the glory of of Yehovah. Now, I want you to picture this for a second. When you receive the word of Yehovah, what does it do to you? It is. It, it brings joy. It brings transformation. You have something to stand on. If you're in the midst of a battle and you don't have the word of the Lord, you have nothing to stand on. And you've got to be in that place where you receive the glory of Yehovah, receive the word of Yehovah. And like I said, you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of so much information and so much stuff that's out there that's so technical that the average believer can't take hold of it. What we've got to do is activate people in the works of the ministry and teach them as they go. And then we will see a true army raised up and a body of Messiah raised up. Instead, you've got people that just want to uh, teach you about the, you know, the 49th armpit here of the, the left arm of the Antichrist. And, you know, what time is it? You know, the world's nearly over. You know what? I want to sow into this next generation. 
I'm, you know, I'm not giving up on this next generation. I'm not going to call Wolf about what time it is. You know, I know we've got plenty of time. Why? We don't see the full house of Israel restored to the land. Messiah can't come until that takes place. So what do we see? We see the fruit of um, Mount, uh, uh, um, the Tower of Babel. You know, that was the place where the confusion took place. And the answer to that is here at Mount Sinai. The answer to it is the turnaround that takes place here at Mount Sinai. Why? Because he doesn't just speak forth his voice, his trumpet, his call over all of Israel. There's also all those who sojourning with them. And the 70 nations are represented at the foot of Mount Sinai, and they have to be grafted in to the commonwealth of Israel. And what takes place with them? They are married to Yeshua at Mount Sinai. Now, some of you might think, well, I've never heard that before. I thought that Israel married God and Jesus married the church. Well, that's false doctrine. You can't find that in your Bible. But what we do know, Yeshua said in the book of Luke 24, he said, everything in the Torah and the prophets and the writings, they're all about me. It's all about me. So we go back and we recognize that no one's seen the Father face to face. We see that many times in the New Testament. But we do see clearly in the book of Exodus that Moses met face to face with Yudhavavet. So he met face to face with Yeshua, the 70 elders, you know, where we have the whole foundation for our wedding. The wear white, three days, free, Yeshua in the, in the grave for three days, three nights, uh, three days preparation before uh, the marriage takes place at the foot of Mount Sinai, before the giving of the ketubah, the commandments. So we see that uh, Yeshua uh, is lining people up. Moses is working with the people to get them into that place where they understand the importance of the Sabbath. And there was rebellious people in the camp. They'd go out and gather as much as they could, thinking, oh, this is great, but guess what? It just went off and it was all bad. But what we do see here within the scripture, that receiving of the manna is the same as the glory of the Lord. And I believe as I'm speaking right now, some people are receiving a word from heaven. And, you know, what does it take to be effective? What did it take for Gideon when the angel of the Lord, which is Yeshua, stood before them and said, you mighty man of valor. Now, Gideon's looking all around him in the natural thinking, huh, wrong, you're in the wrong place. Your GPS has messed you up. You know, this is just me, little old uh, timid Gideon. And here is the angel of the Lord, you mighty man of war, powerful. How long did it take for that to soak in to Gideon's heart before he rose up and started pulling down those azure poles? And, and, and let me explain this to you. It's so important that you deal with the works of the devil before you release the anointing of the Spirit. You, you've got to get your place in order in the name of Yeshua. Let the anointing destroy the yoke of bondage and slavery and allow the Spirit to move. That's what we need to see 
by the Spirit. And we see that through the hand of Gideon. But what was the glory of the Lord for Gideon? It was the word from the angel of the Lord, you mighty man of war. And then that word had to seep in. And I believe prophetically as I'm speaking right now, the word is seeping in. Someone's receiving that word for their calling. You might think you're insignificant, but the Holy Spirit sees you as a warrior, like we see in, the, in, in the, you know, Ezekiel chapter 37, those bonds coming together. It's supernatural. You can't do it. It doesn't happen in the flesh. It's nothing about your ability. It has to be a work of the Spirit. When you go from death to life, what's it talking about? It's talking about being born again of the Spirit. I am a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, all things are new. And then you go throughout the Messianic writings, the New Testament, and what do you see? You see that God's got an army marching through the land, and God is building his kingdom. And many people think he's just building the kingdom of heaven, but it's not It's not that uh uh, simple. You know, when you die, you're not going to heaven. You know, that's not your destination. Yeah, you'll be there for the wedding supper of the Lamb for Shavuot, but your destination is to rule and reign with Messiah a thousand years in the millennial kingdom. And then after that, the new heavens and the new earth. You know, you're not going to sit on a cloud in heaven. So we have to understand, you know, in, in verse, just, just jumping around here, I just want you to get this. Uh, I'm in verse 15. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? And that's what manna means. What is it? You can't explain the food that the Father has for you. Just like Yeshua at the well, uh, you know, when they said, did you have food? You know, what are you going to eat? He says, I have food that you know nothing of. And what is Yeshua's food? To do the will of the Father. And what should our food be to do the will of the Father? What is this when they experience this? You know, of course, there was judgment coming for the quail because of their disobedience. But in the midst of judgment, what was the Holy Spirit doing? He was testing them. And when you become born again, you've got to go through the wilderness before you can enter the kingdom. Why? Because you've got to get the world out of you. You've got to get the ways of thinking of the flesh out of you so you can live life by the Spirit. So the word today is, you know, what did, I, what did I call this message? Let me just find out. I can't remember. Shavuot, victory in Yeshua. Yeah, and, and that comes from verse 7 of Exodus uh, 16. You know, you will see the glory of the Lord. You will see the glory of the Lord. And I just want to speak that over you right now that this is the day to see the glory of the Lord. So when we get to that foot of Mount Sinai and those commandments are given, I believe it comes in line with the timeline of Shavuot. And that's the place where we witness these things taking place. You know, we witness the importance of what the Father is saying. But what does Moses say to them in verse 15, second part there? It says, Moses said to them, it's the bread, um, it is the bread Yahweh has given you to eat. This is what Yahweh has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an Omar, isn't that interesting? The counting of the Omar. So you take the Omar 
right? You take the Omar for each person you have in your tent, the count of the Omar, the sheaves. So you're gathering the stuff together. You're gathering this manna together, the provision that the Father has for you to see what the Father is going to do within your lives. So I just want to put this word out to you tonight. This is the day of the glory of the Lord. As we go in tomorrow, don't miss what's about to take place by the Spirit. Don't miss it. Because the Father wants to release answers. He wants to bring you into the new. And He wants His Spirit to flow through you, make for you in such a powerful way that it's going to impact those around you. So why were 3,000 added? Because 3,000 died at the golden calf. That's when they broke the marriage covenant and the sentence was death. And even though they had the renewing of the covenant, they never did away with the death until the death of Yeshua. And we'll go into far more things on that tomorrow. But anyway, I just wanted to open up with a few of those scriptures. I want you to think about these things on the last day of the Count of the Omar. For all of those who are watching right now, moving into Shavuot, or maybe you're already in uh, Shavuot, uh, then I just want to say, Hag uh, happy Shavuot to you and to your family. And I pray that you will take time to receive from what the Spirit has to say to you today. And let the glory of the Lord be seen within your life. And when you receive that word, it is as the glory of the Lord being revealed to you. So, Father, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, give us a heart of understanding, and pour out your Spirit upon our lives today. We worship you. We rejoice in what you have done within our life because we know the calling as the army of the Lord is to go out and be my witnesses. And just one thing in closing, you know, if you bump over there to Jeremiah chapter 16, you know, you'll understand why Yeshua said to the disciples, you know, what did he say to them when he called the disciples? You know, I'm just trying to think of a couple of the scriptures there in Luke. Um, what did he say? He said in Luke uh, 5 verse 10, and so also were James and John, son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid for now you will be catchers of men. Okay, so what does he do? He goes, Mark 1, 17, and Yeshua said to them, follow me and you will become fishers of men. So we go back to Jeremiah chapter 16, and it says in verse 14, however, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when, um, uh, when it will no longer be said, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites out of Egypt, but it will be said as surely as Yahweh lives who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north, out of all the countries where he has banished them, for I will restore them to the land I gave their ancestors. But now I will send for many, what? Fishermen, declares the Lord, and they will catch them. After that, I'll send for many hunters and they will hunt them down on every mountain. And listen, the hunters are not bad. This is the Father sending people out because he doesn't want people to lose this opportunity of experience the fullness of what he has for them. But here's the connection between the, the fishermen. We see it right here within 
the scriptures. So will you be a fisherman of men? Are you ready to evangelize? Are you ready to share your faith? Are you ready to minister? You know, we've got uh, letters of hope. Got one here. The letter of hope that we share. You can go on bulldozeoffaith.com. You'll see under a mission agency, you'll see the letter of hope. You can print this out. You can also write your own letter of hope. But this is a great way to share with the brokenhearted, those who are hopeless in today's world. And we're going to be giving out letters of hope and doing prayer tents all across the UK. And listen, you know, we don't have the, the means to do it, but every time we launch on mission, every time we go out, we don't have the means to do it. But what do we see? We see signs and wonders and miracles. And it was quite interesting when I put the deposit down to purchase this car for the trip, rather than um, hiring a car, I'm buying a car then selling it. Um, this car belonged to a 96-year-old war hero. Wow, thank you, Father. And it just reminded me, you know, this is time for the army of the Lord. It's time for us to move out and be what the Father has called us to be. So if you're blessed and encouraged with this message, I encourage you to share it with others, but don't miss the Zoom call tomorrow. If you are not on our mailing list, you will not get the link for the Zoom call because it's a private Zoom call where we have time, where we're in the Word, we have time to share, we have time to pray together. So go to buildoseoffaith.com and you'll see our newsletter tab and make sure you sign up and then you will get the alert. The time will be tomorrow, uh, 3 p.m. East Coast time, 8 p.m. UK time, 10 p.m. in Israel. And that's uh, 9 p.m. in Europe. Um, so work out your time zone from there. Uh, Texas, so it'll be 2 p.m. So work out your time from there. I hope you'll join with us tomorrow as we celebrate, see the glory of the Lord. Are you believing for a miracle? You know, we have a God who heals the sick, heals the brokenhearted. And we need the glory of God, the word of the Lord to be manifest within our lives for such a time as this. And if you want to support the outreach and the mission work that we're doing, just go online to Bulldoze of Faith. You can do that. Reach out to me. But let me tell you, you know, you're sowing into changing lives. We're going to see people delivered from the spirit of suicide, set free from uh, terrible uh, addictions and, and troubles and brokenness and that's what we see everywhere and i can't wait to show you over these next couple of months what the holy spirit is going to do but we are a ministry in action and i'm calling you be a part of that action we're getting geared up to set up our base in fort worth texas and you know look i'm not just you know i prayed all over across america and the holy spirit said that's where it's going to be so if that's where it's going to be we will have a fellowship there a training center there. We'll have creative arts there. It will be a whole house of mission, training, outreach, and we will be setting up a thousand pastors of the park across North America. That's the States and Canada. Hallelujah. And you know what? While we're here in the UK, I'm waiting for visa applications. We're just going to reach out and get, uh, get things happening here in the UK and just train people and stir people up for the works of ministry. Thanks for watching. Have a blessed day. Shabbat Shalom from me here in Scotland as we are coming up now to sunset here 
in Glasgow as we move into Shavuot. So uh, from me, be blessed and encouraged in Yahweh. I'd love to hear your comments. Put your comments below. Uh, is this ministry blessing you? Is this encouraging you? And don't forget to share. Until tomorrow, shalom, shalom.